It is lovely to see you all again. I've missed you. I've missed you since last week. There, there is something really special about coming to church, isn't there? Yes, it's wonderful. This morning, I'm going to be speaking on Joseph, the man of God. Now, didn't I speak about him last week? Yes, I did. However, it's a different Joseph this week. So would you turn in your scriptures, please, to Matthew's Gospel. We're not doing Joseph in Genesis, we're doing Joseph in Matthew. Matthew's Gospel, and I'm just going to read from Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25, but while I'm, while I'm talking, you can read the other verses there as well because they also are an important part of the story. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. And this will be familiar to you. Some of you may even know it off by heart. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her betrothed husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, that's interesting, Joseph, son of David, I'll get back to that later, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Yeshua. The Greek of that is Jesus. But the Hebrew was Yeshua. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. <clears throat> when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Yeshua. Yes. As I mentioned before, today is the second of the messages on Joseph, a man of God. We have not long finished celebrating Christmas, and it's a lovely time in which our thoughts were focused on the birth of our Lord Jesus. And in some church cultures, there is also a great focus on Mary, Jesus' birth mother. They call her Theotokos, which means mother of God. In these cultures, 
Mary is both worshipped and even considered divine. Followers pray to her and her statues are highly venerated. In some cases, more than the Lord Jesus. Also in these cultures, Joseph is given very little attention and yet we can learn so much, so much from this man Joseph, especially, dare I say, for men today. And so once again, ladies, feel free to listen to this message, but men, I really want to capture your attention today because this message is with you in mind. Who ever said that Christianity was a religion just for women? Because I assure you, it is not. It is not. To be a follower of the Lord Jesus is just as powerful for men today as it is for women. And so men do not neglect, do not neglect. And let me ask you, how often have you read the verses that we read in Matthew chapter 1? Would you have read it two or three times? Ten times? More? I certainly hope so. If you've been coming to this church for the last 20 years, it's been read at least 20 times. How often have you stopped to ponder the words that we've read in the light of Joseph, the man? I'm sure as you've read these words, you've been thinking about Jesus, you've been pondering about Mary, but how often... Have you read these words and really pondered about Joseph the man? Well, today as we look at Joseph, let's be clear about one important fact. Just like Mary, it was God himself who chose Joseph to be the earthly father of Jesus. As Mary was chosen to be the earthly mother, so Joseph was chosen to be the earthly father. And God was the agent in both of those actions. The question then has to be asked, why did God choose Joseph to be the earthly father of the long-awaited and promised Messiah? Why did God choose Joseph to be the father of the saviour of the world. It's a question to ponder. Of all the men that could have been chosen, actually, he didn't have to choose any man. But he did. He chose this man, Joseph. Why? Why? Well, the answer to this question, well, we need to understand Joseph's heritage and background because that's the key. Firstly, Joseph was a descendant of King David and we get that in Luke in chapter 1, verse 27 and chapter 2, verse 4. 
He was a descendant of King David. Hence, he was called Joseph, the son of David. The son of was an expression of descendancy. And evidenced in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. We have Joseph being a descendant of King David. But this may be confusing to some when they read in Matthew chapter 1, 1 to 16, the genealogy of Jesus, and in Luke 3, verses 23 to 38, the genealogy of Jesus through Joseph, we read that Joseph is recorded as having different fathers. In Luke, Joseph's father was Levi. In Matthew, Joseph's father was Jacob. Now, there is in America, or there was in America, he might have died by now, there was a man who was offering a million dollars, a million dollars to anybody who could, in a court of law, find a lie in the Bible. Last time I heard, no one was able to claim the million dollars. A few had tried. One of the one of the attempts was to say, well, Joseph can't have two fathers. Was it Levi? Was it Jacob? Interesting question to ponder. There are a couple of logical explanations for this, which are not for today. I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. But it is for a discussion in a Bible study group. If you're not part of one, join one. But they do focus. The difference focuses around the use of the word son. Ask your Bible study leader. Secondly, we know that Joseph was described as a carpenter. The Greek word used in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, was tektonos, which usually described a skilled craftsman who worked with wood, that is, a carpenter. But it has also been suggested, particularly by Barbara Thering at Melbourne University, that it could be used to describe a craftsman who worked with stone. In other words, a stonemason. To be sure, both trades were highly skilled and valued in the Middle East in the time of the Lord Jesus. And both trades continue today, carpentry and stonemasonry. Joseph was a worker, most likely of timber, a carpenter. Thirdly, what we learn about Joseph is that he lived and worked in Nazareth in Galilee, which is the northern part of Israel, up near the Sea of Galilee. Fourthly, Joseph's family and Mary's family would have arranged their marriage 
when Joseph was in his mid to late teens and probably still apprenticed to his father, while Mary would have been any age from six to 15. You know, there's something to be said for arranged marriages, especially when you see a lot of young people today, they get married and five to ten years later, they're divorced. I wonder if we should try getting back to arranged marriage. What do you think, Cheryl? Think we should try that? I don't think I'd be game with our kids <laughs> or grandchildren. But once these family arrangements were made between Joseph's family and Mary's family, the couple were considered to be betrothed. Luke chapter 1, verse 27. And betrothal was a binding commitment, more than modern day engagement. Modern day engagement is just a promise between two couples. This was a binding commitment between two families. And there would have been the exchange already of certain gifts or dowry or money, whatever. It was a binding commitment. However, the couple involved were not yet free to consummate this engagement, this betrothal in marriage. It was that halfway between. Again, I think there is something to learn from these older customs. These days, young people uh, try it out for a while and see how it works. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, move on to the next one. Try that out for a while. I don't think that works very well, but young people are persistent, aren't they? And some who are not so young. The normal expectation was that the formal marriage ceremony would take place when Joseph was able to support his wife and when Mary was between 16 to 18 years of age. So when Joseph was fully qualified, separated from his father's business, now establishing his own business, that's when he would have been ready to marry, when he had enough security to, behind him, maybe even able to build his own home. Then he was ready to marry. From Mary's side, when she was 16 to 18, able to bear a child. The fifth thing about Joseph's background, Joseph was a faithful man of God in all of his observances of the law of Moses. And we only need to read how he observed the law of circumcision when Jesus was only eight days old. Interesting, at a time when the blood's clotting factors are at their highest of any time in a person's life on the eighth day. How did the Jewish people know that? Was it trial and error or was it God told them? Also, we know that Joseph observed the 40 days of purification of Mary after she'd given birth and to offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, Luke chapter 2, verse 22 following. And also how the family regularly travelled to Jerusalem 
for the Jewish festivals, especially the Passover. Also, Luke chapter 2, verse 41. We know that Joseph was a faithful man of God. Of course, what is most important is not a man's outward observance of the law and ritual, but the faithfulness, the heart, and the character of the man. God does not look at our outward observances. He looks at the heart. He looks at who you really are, not what you portray, not as in the Chinese talk about face, giving face. God looks at the heart, the inner being. And in the Gospel of Matthew, we read that Joseph, before God, was a just and righteous man, which means that he was a man of strong faith conviction, who lived out his beliefs in his everyday actions and his behaviour. Not a bad introduction, is it, to a man called Joseph? On the news of Mary's pregnancy, Joseph's subsequent actions toward Mary, to whom he was betrothed, reveals that he was also a kind and a sensitive man. Remember, at this time, Joseph did not know the full story that Mary's baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It was natural for him to assume otherwise. And he's not to be condemned for that. After all, the argument that God did it has been used many times throughout history for many different things. When Mary informed Joseph that she was pregnant, he had every right to feel disgraced because he knew that the child was not his own. And Mary's apparent unfaithfulness would not only carry grave social implications, but it could also come back on him because they were only betrothed in marriage. Let's be very clear about one important thing. In the culture of the day, there were certain observed norms. One was that sexual relations should be reserved for marriage. And it was looked upon as bad form for a girl or a woman to become pregnant before marriage. The man also was subject to severe community vilification if he was discovered to be complicit. In a worst case scenario, under Jewish law, the woman or both the woman and the man could be stoned to death for their impurity. Of course, there were exceptions for women who became pregnant in the event of rape or incest. There were exceptions. In order to declare his innocence and preserve his own good name in the standing of, of the community, Joseph had the right and the freedom 
to break the betrothal to Mary and to leave her to the mercy of the community. He had that right. In Joseph's thinking, however, it appears that he was not concerned so much for what people might think and say about him. His concern was to do what was right in the sight of God. And this including, included demonstrating godly mercy. As such, though he knew he was not the father of Mary's child, he was resolved to take actions that would help Mary. His initial response was to, to break the betrothal and treat Mary with extreme kindness. He resolved to act quietly and to save Mary from community vilification and shame by securing her safety and having her sent to a place where she would be safe. That was nice of him, wasn't it? In his thinking at the time, what else could a just and a righteous man do? Of course, he may, he may still have some public humiliation to contend with because of the conclusions that some others may seek to draw. As the record reveals, that night, as Joseph slept, an angel of the Lord came to him and spoke to him. Isn't it amazing how God sometimes takes charge and gives us a better way? His way. In verses 20 to 21, we read the words of the angel. Joseph, son of David. Hmm, there's that, there's that son of again. Is he the son of David? Is he the son of Levi or is he the son of Jacob? Real problems there. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. Isn't God wonderful and amazing? But did Joseph understand the whole concept of Holy Spirit conception? Probably not. Probably not. Let me ask, does anyone here understand the whole thing of Holy Spirit conception? There are a number of different theories what that means. And certainly, the Roman Catholic Church has a different understanding to my understanding. The Roman Catholic Church would say the Holy Spirit and Mary each contributed to the conception of Jesus. Well, I don't accept that. That would make Jesus a demigod, half man, half God. My understanding is that when Jesus was conceived, Mary did not contribute any genetic material 
to, to Jesus, to the baby. Jesus is wholly divine. Wholly perfect. Wholly pure. Mary was just the surrogate. What Joseph did understand was that this was God's way of righteousness for Joseph. Oh, there would be the community issues and suspicions to deal with. But God had this all planned as well. All Joseph had to do was be obedient to God, and he was. Joseph fulfilled his marriage vows to Mary because he recognised God's hand at work in these events, and he was more concerned with obeying God than trying to protect his own reputation. Men, there is a lesson there for us. Are we more concerned about obeying God or preserving our reputation in the sight of our family, our neighbours, our workmates, our friends? What's more important? For Joseph, this is another sign of a man of principle and character. Brothers and sisters, especially my brothers, there is a huge lesson in this even for us today. In Luke chapter 2 verse 1, we read, we read that Caesar Augustus ordered a census be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Don't you just love God's planning? The importance of this was that Joseph and Mary had to leave Nazareth in Galilee and travel up to seven to ten days' arduous journey to Bethlehem in Judea. This was God's provision again, and Joseph saw his role by God's grace as provider, protector, and defender of both Mary and the unborn baby. Of course, it was in Bethlehem that Mary gave birth and Joseph called the baby Yeshua in accordance with God's revealed will. Joseph is quite a special man, isn't he? Even thus far, we can learn so much from him. But there's more. Sounds like the ad on TV, isn't it? But there's more. Following the visit of the wise men, Joseph was again instructed by an angel of the Lord to take Mary and the baby Jesus to safety in Egypt. Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Very clear. If we say nothing else about Joseph, it is his righteousness and obedience to God that stands to his credit more than anything else. Of course, a few months or years later, we don't know for how long they were in Egypt, the Lord sent his angel a third time and instructed Joseph that it was now safe to return his family 
to the homeland. We know this because in verse 21, we are told Joseph arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. And did you note, did you note, Jesus is no longer a baby. In the Greek, it was moral for baby. But a young child is pideon. And pideon is the word that is used. Joseph took the young child, pideon, which implies that Jesus was at least six months up to five years of age. In verse 23, we read that Joseph brought the family to Nazareth, where there was, would be obvious support for their extended family. And after this extended time away, I think that other people, their lives had moved on. They wouldn't be concerned about the situation of Mary's conception anymore. Past history. The last mention of the life of Joseph is when he took the family on pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate one of the Jewish festivals. At this time, we are told that Jesus was 12 years a 12 years of age. And what happened to Joseph after this, we do not know. We do not know when Joseph died. We do know that he was not alive when the Lord Jesus commenced his ministry at around 30 years of age. Apart from these few references in Scripture to Joseph, the Bible doesn't reveal very much detail about Joseph's role as father to Jesus. What we do know is that Joseph was a carpenter, which was usually a position of honour and respect in the villages and the towns of Israel. Joseph taught and passed on his carpentry skills and trade to his sons, as was common in those days. And he raised his family in the Jewish traditions and spiritual observances. As such, Joseph was both a father and a mentor for Jesus as he grew from childhood into manhood. And he equipped Jesus with a worthwhile occupation so he could make his way in a hard land. From the scripture, we also discern that Joseph was an excellent earthly example of integrity and righteousness. And they give us a glimpse into the true character of this man. He was a faithful, humble and self-sacrificing man who cared deeply about obeying God, whatever the cost. He was a man who was proactive, not reactive to the things of God. And there is another important lesson for us men. We should not be reactive we should be proactive and that requires serious consideration 
of whatever actions we take, serious, prayerful considerations. Truly, Joseph faithfully fulfilled the trust and purpose for which he was called by God. He chose to obey God in the face of personal humiliation and disgrace. He did what was right, not in his own thinking, but before God. And he did what he could to ensure Jesus could grow in wisdom and stature before God and man. And even when personally wronged, Joseph had the quality of being sensitive to someone else's shame. He responded to God in obedience and he acted in both wisdom and self-control. What Joseph discovered was that when we obey God, even in the face of adversity and public shame, God goes before us and prepares the way. God goes before us and prepares the way. That, men, you can take to the bank. Brothers and sisters, although the Bible does not record any actual words that, that Joseph spoke, we know enough to see that he was a humble man who faithfully obeyed God, honoured others, took responsibility and worked hard to provide for his family. These are all godly characteristics that should speak to any man today who would seek to live for God and to follow the teachings of our Lord Jesus in our everyday lives. Men, we have in Joseph yet another example of the qualities and character God wants to build in each one of us. All we need to do is respond to God. All we need to do is say, as the prophet said, here I am, Lord. Use me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can read in your word about this man, Joseph. And while it may be said that there is nothing much in the scriptures about him, while it may be said that no words of his have been recorded, there is enough, Lord, for us to learn lifetime lessons. Lord, help us to be faithful, true, honest and obedient as Joseph was. Help us to learn the lessons from his life and example and apply them in our own lives. 
not so that we would just be a nicer person, but, Lord, that we might be useful to you. Oh, Lord, help us to read your word with greater understanding and help us to live it out with greater diligence. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.